book of Acts chapter 16. And uh, before we get into that, I'm very glad and honored to be here today. And uh, <clears throat> at this great church, man, I like what I feel in this house today. What a God. Amen. He's real, is he not? And uh, I appreciate so much, Pastor and Sister Griffiths, the invitation, the friendship, the room, the food. Uh, the Bible says a bishop must be given to hospitality. And I can tell you that I, we have, Tanya and I, have firsthand experience the hospitality of Pastor and Sister Griffiths. Thank you so much, amen, for your kindness to us. This church is blessed to have this kind of leadership. <clears throat> amen. You're absolutely blessed. I can tell you with a little bit of authority, having been a missionary and having deputized and preached in a church or two, that not every church is like this church. Not every church is like Calvary. You're blessed. You're, you're beyond blessed. You really are. Great leadership, great music. Amen. This, this is the place to be in Louisville. Amen. Thank God for pastors that care enough about the kingdom to give outside the local church, supporting missionaries to Haiti, supporting missionaries around the world, churches that care enough about worldwide revival and harvest to send missionaries to places they can't go. You know, we can't all go to the mission field, uh, but you can send somebody. And uh, we're headed to Germany, population 83 million, the largest European nation, and at this moment, Tanya and I are the only appointed missionaries to 83 million people. And uh, there's a hunger growing in Germany among the millennials, especially. They're flocking to charismatic churches. And it's, it's amazing what's going on. They need the truth, though. They're walking away from those dead, dry churches and massive cathedrals looking for something spiritual, and we got it. Right. Amen. So we have 83 million reasons to go, and you all have 83 million reasons to send us. And so let us be your hands and feet in Germany, and pastors already let me know that the church is going to support us. So Tanya and I say thank you uh, so much for helping us to go. I, we can't do it without you. But we'll do our dead level best to make a difference. Amen. Amen. I appreciate it. So glad to have Tanya with me. My beautiful bride of 27 years. And uh, we have two children that are grown that aren't able to be here. Two grandbabies. Oh, if you've never had grandbabies, I'm telling you, it's just the way to go. <laughs> Let me just tell you, to all of our guests that are here, um, I understand how you feel. Because I'm a guest here as well. I don't know very many people. I know what it's like to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Don't know everybody's names. But let me tell you that you are in a safe place today. Amen. If I lived, and this, this is easy to say, and it's the truth. If I lived in Louisville, this would be my church. I'd be coming to Calvary. Pastor Griffiths would be my pastor. Amen. This is a safe place. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're here today and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, let me tell you, you're missing life's greatest experience. And you, you, you want it, I promise you. You may not even understand it yet, but you want the Holy Ghost. You really do. And uh, the Holy Ghost is, is an amazing, uh, amazing thing. In fact, how many of you believe that someone can be uh, possessed of an evil spirit? Raise your hand if you believe that. 
most of us here, we're, we're, we're in the South here. So we, we believe that. Well, what happens when you're possessed of an evil spirit? That spirit moves inside of you, begins to urge you and lead you and influence you toward evil things. Well, you were never intended to be possessed of an evil spirit. However, you were created to be possessed of the Holy Spirit. Now, we call it receiving the Holy Ghost, but it's being possessed of the Holy Spirit. Well, what happens? Well, he moves inside of you and he begins to urge you and influence you and lead you toward holy things. Oh, and I'm telling you, it's an unbelievable experience. And if you've never received the Holy Ghost, I can tell you on the authority of the word of God, he wants to fill you with his spirit today. And you'll speak in a heavenly language, amen, that nobody can teach you. In fact, the Bible says the spirit gives the utterance. In other words, the spirit tells you what to say. Oh, I'm telling you, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, today's your day, amen? If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, who's getting baptized today? I said somebody's getting baptized. Man, Brother Chuck, Brother Chuck, wherever you're at, man, I'm excited for you. This is an amazing thing. If you're tired of, of, of carrying around the weight and the, of your past and all the mistakes you've made, I'm telling you, get baptized in Jesus' name. You will have no past. Amen. Praise God. So I'm excited about that. And I just love if as I preach today, as the Holy Ghost talks to you, I I promise you they've probably got more robes and more towels. You can get baptized today if you've never been baptized. You may not have come ready, but we're ready. We've got it. We've got a man of God ready to go. Towels, robes. You ain't got to worry about your clothes. We're going to take care of it. Amen. Praise God. All right. Y'all ready to have some church? Now listen, I, I, I am, I'm just uh, excited about being here. I really am. And, and I've got some good news for you. How many of you can handle some good news? Four of you. Well, well I'm short-winded. I don't feel any faith in the house for whatever reason. <laughs> the, in this, you know, the first time you preach somewhere is so awesome because you know, you're looking at me wondering if I can preach. I'm looking at you wondering if you can handle it. You know, it, it's a unique time. Hey, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm fitting to. Just hang on. Acts 16, verse number 16. And I feel at home here today. I really do. I just resigned to church two weeks ago, but Tanya and I were listening to the music and we were like, this is one of our set lists. This is, this could, we could be home. So I feel very much at home. And uh, how many of you need a miracle somewhere in your life today? Boy, I just felt something happen in the Holy Ghost right there. There's going to be some miracles in this house today. Does anybody in Louisville believe that God is still a miracle worker in 2018? Somebody's going to get healed today. Somebody came in with pain that's going to leave here without it today. Somebody came in here fighting depression that's going to leave here. Is Jesus able? Let's go. Let's do this. And verse 16 of Acts 16. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by the soothsaying. 
And the same followed Paul and us. That's a very important point I'll get to later, but it wasn't just Paul. There was a group. And cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. Everybody say many days. But Paul, being grieved, that word grieved means greatly annoyed, turned and said, somebody say he said, to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates saying, these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. When they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, the inner prison, and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises, and the prisoners heard them. Boy, that flies in the face of quiet worship, doesn't it? They were in the inner prison, but everybody heard them. Mm. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and every man's bands were loosed. I want to preach to you for just a moment. Amen. There is an earthquake in your mouth. Turn around to your neighbor and tell them there's an earthquake in your mouth. Hallelujah. It's in your mouth. Come on, look at somebody else. Say, there's something going on in your mouth. You just got to, there's an earthquake around here. Now, let's open our mouths and praise him before we're seated. And let's ask the Holy Ghost to do something that only he can do. Come on, somebody help me right now. Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You don't help me, I'm in trouble. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody clap your hands and shout it to God. Let's magnify. Somebody shout, he's able. Amen. You can sit down, but don't shut down. We all know what it's like to be in a prison of some sort. Now, who would have thought Paul would have ended up in prison, but he did. We all know what it's like, whether it's financial, spiritual, physical, emotional, psychological. And if we're honest, everybody in here needs to be delivered from something. But the question is this, do you really want out of your prison Well, if you do, I've got some good news. There's an earthquake in your mouth. Now, I've been raised in church. I don't know anything else. Okay, my earliest memories were laying under the front pew watching ladies kick off high heel shoes and men roll on the floor watching bobby pins bounce around. But one of the many ways of expressing praise to God is in a shout. Now, in his word, God lays out spiritual principles 
uh, for the shout. And the Bible reveals that the shout releases something in and through us. And God established the shout for our benefit. The word shout in Hebrew, it means to split the ears with sound. Its Greek equivalent means to incite or to stir up with words. Amen. And uh, I grew up where the term shouting really referred to dancing. We'd say, boy, we had a shouting service. That meant everybody was dancing. Uh, But somehow in our electronic world of communication, we have forgotten the power of our voices. Listen, I love to dance. I do. I love to run. I really do. I love to clap. I love to leap for joy. But that's not a shout. There's power in releasing your voice to the Lord. Amen. When God created the universe, he did not think it into existence. He did not dance it into existence. He did not clap it or run it into existence. But Genesis 1 and 3 says, and God said. Genesis 1 and 6, and God said. Genesis 1 and 9, and God said. Genesis 1 and 11, We could go on through to 14, 20, 24, 26, 29, and God said, God created the worlds, the stars, the solar systems by speaking. He opened his mouth and spoke them into existence. And guess what? He started everything with words and he's going to finish it with words when he comes to take us away. Because the Bible says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Oh, there's something powerful about releasing your voice to the Lord. There is an earthquake in your mouth. God Almighty creates with his word and we are made in Him, his image. We have creative power packed away in our mouths. There is truly an earthquake in our mouths. Over and over the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came saying we understand faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the lord faith comes through the spoken word you won't ever hear it unless somebody speaks it somebody help me quote this i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my head in my heart no 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 his praise shall continually be in my mouth not in my thoughts it's going to be in my mouth at all times not just on sundays but on mondays on tuesdays i'm telling you you need a breakthrough open your mouth and let the earth quake out Come on, not just when things are in order, but when things are falling apart. Amen. Open your mouth. There's power. When you open your mouth, there's an earthquake in your mouth. The truth of the matter is we need to open our mouths concerning the truth that we have. We've got it. We've got the only message that changes people. It's the truth. Listen, if we have sound doctrine, and we do, and we don't talk about it, what good is it? Listen, you'll never make converts if you don't go to the community with your doctrine. 
We either communicate it or we eliminate it. Listen, if you'll open your mouths and let this truth out, you'll see earthquakes in your schools. You'll see earthquakes in your workplaces. You'll see earthquakes in your families. Oh, come on. You'll see earthquakes in your neighborhood. Listen, the reason we don't see the revival and the harvest God wants us to is we've kept our mouths closed too often. It's time for somebody to be bold enough to open your mouth and start witnessing. Tell somebody what Jesus did for you. Tell somebody how he delivered you. Tell somebody how great he is. Oh, let me tell you about Sunday church at Calvary. We had a move of God sins were washed away people were healed there is an earthquake it's in your mouth <laughs> in our text Paul and Silas end up in prison they went from prominence to prison now who'd have thought Paul but he was in prison sometimes you just find yourself in prison you're not even sure how you got there I mean, you're just going through life, the door slammed, boom, bam, and all of a sudden you're in prison. Somebody, if you're going through something, you're not spiritual. No, 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 listen, they that live godly, they're going to face some persecution. We've made people believe if you have great faith, you never go through anything. That's not true. No one is exempt from pain. Amen. In fact, I believe the opposite is true. If you ain't, you never know what great faith is until you go through something. Listen, you're going to find yourself in prison every now and then. I've learned from personal experience, you can be right and still be treated wrong. You can be criticized doing what's right, get lied on, can't defend yourself, be victimized and have to hold your peace, can't say anything, and wait on God to straighten it out. Don't let anybody tell you being in the will of God won't get you in trouble. When you start doing things for God, you're going to run into some opposition. Come on, Paul and Silas got on the enemy's hit list by doing the will of God. They fooled around, delivered a witch, broke some yoke, and and put some evil men out of business because they were opening their mouths. You know, that's what good churches do. That's what good saints do. They put the devil out of business. Oh, come on now. We need to shut some things down. We need to quit being so passive as Holy Ghost-filled Christians. Paul, shut it down. He didn't ask anybody. He just simply spoke to that devil, and that devil listened to him. Now, there's all kinds of prisons, some you can't even explain, whether it's depression, addiction, self-hatred, fear, pride. But listen, without trials, you only have a theory of God. You ought to be glad for the bad because it makes you pray, don't it? Hey, man, what you need to do is tell somebody, listen, I'm going to come out of this prison. It hurts. I'm in trouble. I'm in pain, but I'm not in this for nothing. God's going to get some glory out of this. Listen, some of you have resented your trouble, but your trouble is what made you. You took a licking and you kept on ticking. If somebody else would have helped you, you'd have had to thank them. But you're here today because God picked you up. God picked you up and pulled you out. Somebody ought to stand up right now and just start praising God. Oh, because he's the one that did it for you. You ought to tell your friends, thank you for not helping me because now I can praise Jesus. Hallelujah. But how do I get out of this prison? How do I get out? Well, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
you live and die by the words of your mouth. Now we know this passage, Matthew 17, 20. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. But we love that verse. But did you notice the actual point of this? It says you shall say to this mountain, remove hence. And then nothing is impossible because there's an earthquake in your mouth. We spend too much time talking about how I just don't see how it's going to ever come to pass. I don't see how God's, come on. We spend too much time whining and complaining, opening our mouth in, in the negative instead of opening our mouth in the positive. You want that mountain to move? Oh, it will move, but not when you email it. Not when you instant message it. Not when you chat it. Not when you text it. Instagram it. Blog it. Tweet it. Come on now. You're not going to get it to move. You've got to what? You've got to open your mouth and speak to it. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord. Open your mouth and let the earth quake out. How about this? You, you can take a look into the Old Testament. And as we're getting close to the end of the Old Testament, there's, a, there's a, a paradigm shift coming in Scripture. And for thousands of years, they've been slaying animals and offering sacrifices and blood and all of this. And, but in Hosea, the Lord talks about bringing your offering. But he says, take with you words and turn to the Lord. <laughs> oh my goodness. This verse deals with how to bring an offering. Bring your calf. Go ahead. You still got to do that. We're not in the New Testament yet, but bring some words to it. Come on. Bring your dove. That's good. You got to do that, but don't be quiet when you come. Open your mouth when you come. Bring your wine and oil and all that you're supposed to bring, but bring some words with it. Hallelujah. Come on, bring your dance, but bring some words with it. Bring your aisle running, but bring some words with it. Bring your hand clapping, but bring some words with it. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody understand. I feel the Holy Ghost wants to give somebody a breakthrough, but it's not going to come until you open your mouth and let the earthquake out that same spirit the Bible says followed Paul and us this evil spirit these men are the most high servants of the most high God kind of hard to get rid of a spirit that's bragging on you but only Paul and Silas ended up in prison it said Paul and us where's us at Where's everybody else? It says Paul and us, but where's the rest of the group? The devil was following the whole group, but Paul, the Bible says, being grieved, greatly annoyed, turns and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Paul was the only one that got sick of his situation. Us is still on the street dealing with this thing. Some of y'all hadn't got your breakthroughs because you ain't annoyed enough. Oh, 
Come on, listen. You will never be delivered from something that you're willing to tolerate. I'm going to say it again. You'll never be delivered something you're willing to tolerate. There's some of you dealing with sickness. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost now. There's some of you dealing with sickness that you don't have to deal with. You've just learned to tolerate it. I've come to tell somebody it's time to get annoyed enough to look at that devil and say it's over. This party's over. You get your hands off of me. How bad does your marriage have to get for you to get annoyed enough to start praying against it? How far gone do your kids have to go before you get annoyed enough to start opening your mouth and speaking against it? Somebody needs to stand up right now and open your mouth and start speaking against the mess that's in your life. Right now, come on. In the name of, there is an earthquake. Come on, I feel like somebody's dealing with some sickness right now. Stand up, open your mouth, and begin to rebuke that sickness in Jesus' name. Well, I feel something starting to stir in this place. There is an earthquake in your mouth. My God, I feel something stirring. You better watch out, devil. We've been quiet long enough. Come on, how annoyed do you have to get to start doing something about it? but I feel the Holy Ghost moving. Come on, I feel healing in this place. That's it. Come on, there's an earthquake in your mouth. Tired 
Rabo Rokoshata. I'm going to do something here. I need you just to hang on with me just a second. I need you to listen to me for just a second. This is, listen, the Holy Ghost has taken over. I got a whole lot more to preach, but I'm not going to. I'm going to give you a little bit of instruction. I want to share with you a revelation that God gave me. And if you're sick in body, I want you to come down here quickly. I don't care if you're dealing with, I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care if you've got tumors. I don't care if you've got cancer. I don't care if you've got diabetes. It doesn't matter. Come as quick as you can. Get as close as you can to the altar so I'll know who you are. Oh. In the middle of a service in the church that I was pastoring, a lady in our church that had already had a heart attacks, had a pacemaker in, she was worshiping up front. And I just happened to glimpse her begin to, to stagger and she put her hand over her heart and she went and sat down and I noticed she started getting pale. She finally got up, made her way through the worshipers to her husband who was on this side. He caught her as she's about to fall and he's, he's talking to her and they, they, he motions me over and she said, he actually told me she's having a heart attack. Within a couple of minutes, her lips started turning purple. He was sitting there holding her. And I did what I've always been taught to do. And I went to her and I said, I stopped the service. I said, we're going to pray right now in Jesus' name. And I began to say, Jesus, I want you to touch my sister. Jesus, I want you to do it. Jesus, come and heal her. Jesus, you're able. And we prayed, man, we got, we got loud. You know, we like to do that. Then it, as it began to die down, I said, the Holy Ghost said, ask her if she's still hurting. I said, are you still in pain? And she just barely nodded. And I got angry. And I walked away. I stormed across the pulpit. And I was like, God, why do you even have me pray if you're not going to do something? And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, stop talking to me about her problem and start talking to her problem about me. And instantly, I begin, God began to show me in scripture. They never said, Jesus, please do this. They took authority. As children of God, they spoke to disease. Listen, we don't command God, but we have authority over all disease. And God began to take me to the times in my life. I saw Billy Cole one time pray for our daughter. He said, what's her problem? We told her, he said, in Jesus' name, I rebuke. He spoke against it and went to the next person. I remember T.W. Barnes praying. He never said Jesus. He began to speak to the disease. And when, so I stopped the whole church. I apologized. I said, I've been teaching you wrong. I said, we're going to do it different. And I told him what I just told you. I said, we're going to come over here. We know it's a heart problem. So we're going to command this heart to work properly. 
And I'm telling you, Pastor, we went over to her. I didn't even lay hands on her. I said, in the name of Jesus, heart, I command you to begin to work properly. I command every valve to work properly. I command wholeness and wellness into your heart right now in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, instantly, she took a breath and stood up and her face began to clear. And she said, it's gone. The pain is gone. What do you say in missionary? I'm telling you that as a Holy Ghost filled child of God, we have authority over every sickness, over every disease. We just got to get annoyed enough and open our mouth and start speaking against it. So here's what we're going to do. If you're sick in body, lift your hand. I need, I need a minister, to, somebody to get with these people quickly. Help me. I need somebody to get with them. And we're going to go down the line. We're going to ask them if they can tell us. We're going to pray specifically. And we're not going to say, Jesus, do it. Because remember, he, after you shall receive the Holy Ghost, what? Power. The power is in us. So here's what we're, we're going. We're just going to open our mouths and have faith. Is this okay, Pastor? All right, come on. Ministers, pastors, if you'll help me just get men in, in front of these folks, come on. We're, we're going to go down. We're going to ask you what's wrong, and we're going to begin to open our mouths, and there's going to be an earthquake. Are you ready? Come on, let's begin, men. Come on, ask them what's wrong, and we're going to just begin to speak it. Come on, we're going to open our mouths and begin to command it to be done in the name of Jesus. Jesus.